0: This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, someone you don't have to worry about burning your campground to a pile of ashes, Ryan Nelson.
1: Justin, if I ever have a stroke, please allow... Billy Tillerson to sit by my side and sing "Every Rose Has Its story. <laughs> that it
0: seemed that
1: seems such healing.
0: And it seems so very peaceful. It seems like yes. if, you're, if you're going to go out, like uh, they seem to be assuming that uh, Wayne's going to eventually make his exit. That's a, that's a pretty good way to go out. So yes, I, I
1: agree.
0: I, I, I would definitely want that as well. So. Uh, If you have been listening to the podcast since we started a few months ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about Amazon's newest show, episodes five and six of Outer Range. Uh, If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of The Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash The Main Attraction Podcast, and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level, and they all come with different benefits. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by, writing us, by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record, just like we're going to do with this one. This review comes to us from Nate from Charleston. And Nate gave us a five-star review titled, Came Here for Outer Range, Gonna Stay Here for the Rest. And he wrote... I was looking for some discussion on Outer Range and recognized recognized Justin's name from another podcast I listened to, Hero Movie Podcast. I love the Outer Range episodes, but it makes sense that we have a lot of the same taste, so I can't wait to check out what I missed. Definitely going into my weekly podcast rotation. All right. uh, So, very happy to have him with us. Very happy that he, he found us. But there's another reason why this particular review makes me so happy, because... All of our previous reviews, it's always been somebody we at least kind of know, if it's not been actual friends and family. Nate is somebody we have no idea. Neither of us know who Nate is, but he found us. Uh, I'm glad that he recognized me from some of the stuff I've submitted to here at Movie Podcast. It's one of the nice things about having an an unusual name. Uh, When people see it, they're like, oh, I bet that's the same person. Uh, So that's kind of worked out. But, yeah, when total strangers are finding us, and you're in the infant stages of a podcast like we are. It just kind of makes you happy.
1: Yeah, and I want to say welcome, Nate. And looking at the numbers, the last couple episodes, especially the outer range, we've picked up a lot of folks. So welcome everyone, and we're yes, glad you're here. And tell us stuff we need to cover.
0: Yeah, and we help you. We help you keep coming back. And besides. Besides, just out of range. So, uh, that would be that would be wonderful. So, all right. Uh, so we are covering out of range. We are getting into episodes five and six. Uh, just general thoughts on the show, real quick. Uh, are you enjoying? Did you enjoy these about the same? Or, or were you enjoying them more? Did you enjoy them less?
1: I enjoyed them about the same. I thought some of the acting this episode was tremendous. Yes uh, Tom was. Pelfrey uh, especially and Lily Taylor this was their episodes mm-hmm. that they that they really got to shine uh, I, 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 Tom Pelfrey there are actors that are so good at showing grief and hurt that when you're watching them I, I start feeling it he's one of those people that can pull that off that yeah. man has so much hurt in his face. That like I'm like it's making me uncomfortable. Like I'm I'm feel for him so much. He is he is not famous yet, but he should be because just just the way he is able to to deliver that kind of performance Mm -hmm. every time I've seen him in something. Now it's uh, we we need much more Tom Pelfrey out there.
0: Yeah, and I also thought Imogen Poots found another level in this in these two episodes as well. I thought she really brought a her a game. I mean, she's been doing great so far the entire in the entire show but she seemed to be a little bit more featured in these two episodes than she had yep. in the past and i thought she did a really good job i was just really captivated every time that she was on screen so lots uh, of I gonna, acting.
1: i was gonna point her out uh she may be coming up in one of the awards uh, she might be <laughs> but, but uh she especially the the sixth episode that was when her creepy vibe went next level yeah it really did and and uh so I was I was really impressed with her. And then when her and Billy met, my first thought was, oh, God, what's about to happen here? <laughs>
0: I know. I was thinking the same thing, too. And that, Looking at that, obviously, later on, uh, Episodes 3 and 4, I thought they did have some weird stuff in it. Obviously, they had the mountain that disappeared. You had the buffalo just kind of appearing out of nowhere. But I thought, for the most part, the weird was kind of muted in Episodes 3 and 4. These two, not so much. Uh, they, no, really, they, they they turned into eleven. The yeah, they really yeah. did, uh, and that's one of the things I, I just really enjoyed about the show. Is just this, these two episodes in particular, because they really leaned into some of those things they had set up in episodes one and two. Uh, just for to make it a little bit easier to talk about, I don't want to go beat by beat you know, in terms of like start from the beginning of episode five, go to the end of episode six. I wanted to like, kind of cover the major plot points of that they covered in these two episodes uh so the first one obviously is trevor's murder is still lingering heavily over the family it's still lingering heavily over really the entire show obviously because that's such a big point of this particular uh, episode but we really find out a lot about it this this particular these two episodes we get the beginning where was that a was that a hallucination at the beginning? I never really quite figured out what that was. When are you like, talking about? When you see Royal falling in through the void yeah, again, and yeah. you see Trevor talking to him. I never could figure out what was going on there. I,
1: yeah, I, I'm assuming that was kind of some kind of hallucination in his uh, in his when he was knocked out. Maybe okay. some kind of yeah. But uh, I did write I wrote that down. I was like, you know, Royal. Uh, Floating in a black space like uh, the Big Lebowski is weird, but it's still not as weird as the stuff I'm seeing on Moon (laughs) Knight.
0: No, it's not. It is definitely not as weird as stuff we're seeing on Moon Knight. And we'll be talking about that one a little bit later on tonight. Uh, But yeah, like I said, I had a really hard time figuring that out. Uh, But nevertheless, uh, we get that opening scene, and it takes us, and it was a departure from the previous opening scenes uh, the first two weeks. We got Josh Brolin voiceovers the first two uh in, in episodes one and three the first two weeks that this show was out we didn't get one this week but we still got something weird uh, as well so uh let's do and talk about the tillersons let's kind of talk about them to, to start because the dynamic of them is changing pretty drastically here at the beginning because we get kind of a, a little bit of a recap of wayne and and royal their their fight that ends with royal passed out next to the void Wayne ends up going back to his to his family's ranch, and it, as soon he's just giddy with excitement over the fact that he found it. But as soon as he gets back to the ranch, it's you, uh, you suddenly remember that he is in really really poor health. He ends up having a stroke, and this changes the entire dynamic of the entire Tillerson family.
1: And then he also sees that vision. Yes, of him as, as him as a child, and something and crawling. Another,
0: yeah, something crawling uh, uh, out uh, of the void.
1: An, another child. It looks like. Yeah, I thought it was covered, a child covered in oil, uh, running away. Could that be Royal?
0: I've seen some people who have asked that if, that, if that might have been Royal, who was that child that came out of the void. It, you know, it's possible. So, I, I,
1: I, bet, I bet we're we're heading that way.
0: I bet we are, too. Uh, so we'll set to kind of wait and see, but they still haven't given us a whole lot. But once Wayne has a stroke, the dynamic of the entire Tillerson family changes. Uh, Luke and Patricia, they find out that... I don't remember if it was in Episode 5 or Episode 6, but they find out that the ranch in Wayne's will is being left not to Luke, uh, but it's being left to Billy. And that really just changes. Like, They don't want that to happen, obviously, because they don't think Billy's capable. They don't think he's fit to run the ranch. Luke's the one who's kind of been the guy who's had so much to do with it previously they think he should be doing it. And it looks like they're going to try to do some things to make it where luke is the guy who gets the range but i'll be interested to see how that plays out
1: yeah i will be too and uh, a couple of things i noticed what i couldn't tell who was on billy's shirt was that rue mcclanahan from the golden girls
0: i don't know i was trying to, i was having a hard time too but yeah there it, yeah
1: i was like of course he has a golden Girls. Yeah, golden girls t-shirt. that would make
0: sense uh just because that's who he is in general so yeah. like i said I don't, then, I don't know who it was but i was trying to figure it out as well
1: And then the mom had, this was almost my line of the week, but it it, it got beat out a little bit later. But uh, when the mom, when uh, Luke is talking about how crazy, he's like, you said Billy was losing his mind every day. And she says, just because you say something (laughs) about a person doesn't mean you actually mean it. Right,
0: exactly. (laughs) And that is so very, very true because you say a lot of things, but you don't necessarily always mean it. uh, so that's kind of what's going on with the Tillersons. Uh, we have a couple other little scenes where they show up as well, but we'll talk about them when we talk about some of the other stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. Autumn continues to be the biggest mystery of this entire show. There's a lot of things that happen with Autumn in these two episodes. The first thing that I had down is she has this really weird conversation because with Cecilia because she is looking for the stone, the rock, whatever you want to call it, that she lost gambling to Royal, and Cecilia's just not real happy to see her.
1: No, she is, and I had, I had to give Lily Taylor a lot of credit because I don't consider her someone that I've seen in a lot of. I'll have to go back and think action movies and, right. and or just as someone who's protecting their house. But when she's walking around with that gun, and the way mm-hmm. she looked at Autumn, I was like, "Uh oh."
0: Yeah, she's playing this this ranch wife role really, really well. I mean, she's very well. She doesn't take a whole lot of crap from anybody. Uh, Definitely not from her children, anybody who's might be a threat to her family, even to her from her own husband. So she's doing a really good job of playing that. Just kind of, I guess a stereotypical ranch wife is what you want to call it, but just really impressed by what she's done in this. Uh,
1: And this was another scene where autumn is telling is really making the, the rest of the Abbott family, whoever she talks to, Mm Like, like... I know something that you don't know, kind of thing. Right,
0: and she does that. She does that in this one as she is getting ready to head out the house. Once Cecilia finally convinces her to leave, she kind of drops a cryptic line on her, and uh, you, which you might be hearing just a little bit when we talk about our rewards. Uh, but uh, some other things that she has, she has yet another conversation with Perry, and when she has this conversation, this first conversation with him, because she has two in, the, in these two episodes. She has one in episode yeah. five, and she has one in episode six. But in this first one, she basically suggests to Perry after. He's kind of talked about his wife and all this type of stuff that there could be more to his wife's disappearance, and we don't really get much else after that so she she keeps doing this to us she keeps giving us this there's more to it than you what you might possibly know and we're like, well, what do you know when she never tells us?
1: Yeah and didn't you I guess we hadn't really headed around this, but this was the first time I really thought, okay, is Rebecca in the void?
0: Yeah, I know that's kind of one thing I've been wondering is Ish, that's, is that where she went? Did she fall in the void? Did she, what's going on here? Because I, I kind of thought they might be leaning towards that. They just haven't given us, they haven't given us a whole lot about about right. Perry's wife. And I found that a little bit interesting. I kind of thought that might we, we might be getting more. And who knows, we could get a lot more of it in episode seven and eight, but we haven't gotten a whole lot of it so far.
1: Yeah. And again, that scene is why you get Tom Pelfrey on this show. Yeah. Just the, the just the, the to hurt the grief in his face, that right. man can really show it. And is that when they go to the Cowboy Heavy Metal? Yes, it was. I'm
0: so glad you, I didn't put that in my notes, but yeah, that's when they go to the, the Cowboy Heavy Metal. I'm like, okay, Cowboy Death Metal. I did not realize that was a thing, but apparently I, I did
1: And And if our listeners, if we ever meet out somewhere, please don't take me to a bar like that.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure that I want to. That's two things I really, not sure that yeah. I really truly want to mix. But nevertheless, to each their own. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: all right. So we have that uh, little, that little banter between uh, Perry and Autumn. Uh, she continues to have just really, really intense interactions with Royal, uh, and they get more intense every time that they come together. Uh, I just thought this was really interesting because this. The, the next time that they meet up is when Royal is going to the void. He has gotten that she's looking for her stone and she wants it back. And Royal goes to take her back to her campground, but he's trying to scare her. He, he doesn't, you can tell he doesn't plan to kill her, but he wants her scared. And if has, you know, if she ends up dying in the process, then so be it. That, that's just consistently yeah. what he's, he's doing with all of them.
1: Yeah. And he definitely acts like, he really hates her, but he wants her, he wants her to believe that he's one step ahead of her.
0: Right, and he is not.
1: And like like he knows something's going on because right before that scene, he had busted her necklace, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the I guess, God, what would you call it? whatever that black yeah. stuff is? Yeah, showed him about his that. death. Yeah. yeah,
0: we're gonna talk about that here in just a little bit uh, because I want to talk about her. I want to talk about that when we talk about just royal because royal has. He takes yet another step in, the, in these episodes. That I'll be interested where they continue to take his character because he, yeah. he's, he's really struggling <laughs> when we get to the end of episode six. Uh, but she so we end up having so Royal ends up leaving her injured. You know, it, it, like I said, if she dies, she dies. Kind of like uh, uh, what's his name in Rocky Four to uh, Apollo. I have a Drago. Yeah. When he's a, if he dies, if he, he dies. dies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind of felt like that was the same vibe going for, for Royal for, in terms of Autumn when he leaves her out by her campground or, or away from her campground. Uh, but so we don't really see her again until she's limping through the woods. She is apparently very injured and a bear comes across her. And...
1: Hello, Yellow Jackets.
0: Yeah, so this is what this is the first thing that I thought I was like, are we doing a Yellow Jackets thing here? And it kind of was. It
1: kind of was.
0: I, I mean, it, obviously the bear didn't like bow down for her to kill it, but she plays dead because that's what you're. I guess that's what you're supposed to do. I really don't know a whole lot about having bear interactions. I'm not much of a camper, so I don't think about that often. But she plays dead. Well, in the especially
1: hopes grizzlies, that, yeah. I wouldn't know what to do with them.
0: Yeah, I know. So she plays, she acts dead, so that, in the hopes that the bear will leave her alone. But then she says, the as the bear comes up to her and is, like, all up in her business, she says the word yellow and, like, has this telepathic conversation. And the bear said, what, 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 I had it written down, but I don't remember what it said. Uh, yeah, basically, he says, tell him. And I thought, okay, well, it's going to be royal that he's that the bear's talking about. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this. The bear is talking about telling Royal something, but nevertheless, it is up being <laughs> Billy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So that was just odd. And that whole, because the next scene when she goes and gets Billy, that she, she brings him to the void, she shows him that and Billy, and they're like, everything turns pink. And, yeah. and uh, what, what else happened there? Cause I don't remember everything.
1: Well, I want to mention something else. The Yellow, there's some kind of connection with that because when Royal has that vision of him dying, Autumn is there and she's wearing yellow.
0: Uh, That's true, yeah. And she was wearing yellow and she was in... And Royal asked her after he fell into the void, you know, what's the color yellow mean? Does it mean anything to you? And all the cult that was in that scene when he fell into the void, they were all wearing yellow, so... Yeah, so. it, It's interesting. I don't really know what they're doing with it, but it means something.
1: Yeah, but getting back to the Billy and Autumn scene, yeah, I don't know what was going on there, but the thing I, will, what I took from it was Billy had this same connection that Wayne had had at some point because yeah. he had the same uh, amazement and wonder on his face yes, that Wayne did. did, and he couldn't get home to tell his dad right. all about it.
0: Yeah, so, and you could tell that he wanted to, but he, it was obviously, they were, like, it was almost like they were on drugs at this point. But yes, I but, agree. But, but they worked. I mean, at least if they were, we didn't see any being consumed, so.
1: Yeah, and I actually went back and, and rewatched that scene, because I was like, are they, are because it looks like they're on the ground, but they're right. really not on the ground, because they're just standing there, so they're having yeah, some kind of a trip.
0: Yeah, and that's like, like, she told the story, I don't know if her, it was, I don't remember exactly what the, what was, this, what was the story was, but something about you'll never know where you're going if you can't see what's right yeah. in your feet or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was.
1: And then the void was there.
0: And then the void was there, exactly. Um, so Autumn ends up having, after she finally gets back to town, she ends up see, meeting Perry again and basically threatens to tell the sheriff that it was Perry, not Perry, that Royal was the one who ended up killing Trevor because she saw him throw the body into the void. This freaks Perry out. Perry... Ends up telling the sheriff, uh, ends up telling the sheriff that he's the one who did it. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But Autumn ends up, she's obviously not right. Uh, no. She goes, she wants some type of medication that is for her brain. We don't, I don't remember what the medication was, but she also it's makes some,
1: this, It's some kind of psychiatric medicine, because I think I looked it up.
0: Oh, did you? Okay, well, I did not.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but, so she she wants that medication, but she can't get it. And she also makes this phone call to some person. We do not know who she makes a phone call to. And she says that 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 person has one job and that one job is to get her money when she needs it. So there's somebody else that's out there. That's going to play a role obviously in these last two episodes, but I didn't know what else to make of it.
1: Yeah. She obviously has some trust fund. I feel like, I feel like she may have mentioned that and, one of maybe the yeah, first, yeah, I think episode? she did. Maybe because she mentioned how she had money; she, the money was not a you know worry for her. Right. But yeah, but like her not being on that medication, you could really see a change. Because then yeah. we saw her carving the Abbott yes. A into I don't herself. mentioned
0: that. Mm-hmm. And then
1: there's Billy again, in the bathtub.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I have no idea. I'll be interested where all that goes.
1: I'll tell you one thing. I'd watch a Billy at Autumn spin-off. Oh,
0: heck yeah. That, that would be something. That would be a trip, to yeah. say the least. All right, so let's talk about Cecilia now because she had a really strong performance. Lily Taylor was mm-hmm. really, really good in these two episodes. But she's struggling. Uh, she is really having a hard time. Uh, one of the first things that she does is she almost burns the house down. And you really wouldn't think that that would be a mistake that Lily would make. Right. Right. Uh, While she almost burns the house down, she looks out her window and a bear cub has died in their yard. And again, I don't know what is going on here, but she takes the bear to go and bury it out in their field somewhere, out in their pasture somewhere. But instead of burying it after she has dug this massive hole for it, she takes it to the shed and puts it in the shed.
1: I know, that was that was creepy. Also, man, I don't want to live anywhere where that many you see that many bears, man. That's Yeah, cool. I know.
0: Like why are we why, why are all these bears coming from anywhere?
1: Yeah.
0: But the bear but also yeah,
1: the, the, go I ahead. was gonna say the bear has the bear has to have some kind of hidden meaning.
0: Yeah, everything I think has some kind of hidden meaning in in this show and I just can't figure out what some of them are. So they need to start telling me what some of these things that they are cryptically showing us what they what they mean. So uh, but also talking about the bear is Later on in episode six, she goes back to that shed, and she, like, has the bear bite her hand. I'm like, what are we doing with this bear? Because I I need, just like I need to know what's going on with the buffalo, I need to know what she's doing with the bear, because I can't figure it out.
1: The only thing I thought about with that, because I wonder if she wanted to see if she could feel pain. Maybe. Because... Her and Royal are really weird right now, it's and dark. it's like she's feeling nothing for him. Mm-hmm. She's not really feeling anything at church, which her, which was one of her main things. Right. Even she's struggling to make connections there. Right. You know, she went with that women's group, and that was a weird situation. She, you know, Perry tried to reach out to her, and mm-hmm. she just blew him off. Yes, uh, you know, completely. So I just wonder if that was, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of. You know, meaning that she she wanted to feel, see if she still felt anything.
0: Yeah, well, you talk about the church, and she obviously has the church group, the prayer group. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but they end up taking some food to Patricia. Cecilia goes with them, and that is just a really awkward, awkward meeting yeah. conversation, whatever you want to call it, confrontation that the two of those have because uh, Patricia is calling her out for uh her two sons involvement that she knows of in the death of her son and also a very significant point is when they are at church she she can't take communion uh and that's a significant thing for those people who are aware of what communion means to the catholic church because if you can't take it that means you know you have something in your life that you have to get right you have to get fixed. And so her not taking is a, is a really significant symbolic thing. It's not just, you know, her walking out. Uh, so, like I said, if you're not familiar with what that means in the church, then that's a pretty big deal for her to not take communion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I grew up Catholic, so I can tell you a, a person like her, of, of that faith, for her not to go to communion, that is humongous.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal, so... All right, the brothers, they continue to just really be at odds with each other. Uh, Rhett and Perry are struggling to get along. Uh, th- Rhett even says, you know, the biggest mistake that he made was to help his brother that, that evening. Uh, so that's one of the issues they have. And then it, everything comes to a boil at the end when Perry reveals to the rest of the family that he turned he basically turned himself in. He didn't, he didn't actually talk to the sheriff. He left a letter there. Uh, but the two go after each other. Perry pulls a knife out of the kitchen yeah. drawer or something like that. I don't remember where he got the, the knife from, but it wasn't, it wasn't no butter it knife. Would,
1: it was sitting on uh, whatever they were having for dinner. Okay. It was sitting there, so I saw that. I was going to mention, uh, Tom Pelfrey and Lewis Pullman look like brothers.
0: Yeah, they really do. They really, really and, do.
1: And they have a really good connection
0: because, like, I don't know, they're like, it, they look like their brothers on screen. Yeah, they do. And you know, I know Lewis Pullman is Bill Pullman's son, but he looks a lot like to me. Like, uh, I don't remember what the actor's name is, but the guy who was the radio disc jockey in Northern Exposure. Uh,
1: oh, John Corbett.
0: Yeah, John Corbett. To me, yeah, he kind of
1: does look he, like him. He, he looks yeah. like
0: John Corbett. More than he does Bill Pullman to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so, but you know, that's just a, a side thing. Though. Yeah. I, I, keep, cause I, I keep every time I see him, like, uh, is that not the guy from Northern Exposure, son? <laughs> but it's not. It's, uh, it's Bill uh, Pullman's son.
1: I can see that, and I was going to mention something else. Lewis Pullman and Tom Pelfrey have very good accents. I know they're yeah. in Wyoming, but from what I've been told, Wyoming and Montana are pretty much the South. You yeah. know the the way they, they so any actors out there these these are the Southern accents. You don't want to go Cage, Nick Cage, and Conair. Right. Watch what Tom Pelfrey and Lewis Pullman, both of them nowhere near from the South, but right. that is a generic southern accent what they're doing and it's really good both of yeah,
0: them it really is they, they they have they have not butchered that to say the least so it's always good to see whenever people start yes because people seem to struggle with the southern accent i don't really understand why that is the case yeah and as
1: some of the, our listeners may not know both of us well they probably know from our accents already well, we're yeah. both southern <laughs> yes we are we're both very southern
0: uh so uh let's we check in with joy joy doesn't have quite as big a role in these two episodes as she did in the previous two but she still has quite a bit to do she is ready to make her arrest she wants to arrest both rhett and perry for the murder of trevor but she has a problem and we've talked about this a little bit last week the evidence doesn't match what she's theorizing because when she goes to the da to tell him what she wants to do. She says, I'm gonna arrest those two. And he's like, okay, that's good. I'm proud of you, you've earned this. And she says, you know, but I do have this one problem that the coroner says that the body was only dead for 10 hours when we found it. And it obviously been like four or five days. And the DA says, well, how do you plan to to handle that? And she said, well, the coroner's just wrong. Well, that's not gonna work in a court of law. So if the coroner is saying that, then they've gotta go by what the coroner is reporting. So this is an issue for her, but obviously, I'll be interested to see still how that plays out because even though Perry confesses and we see the lights of the cars coming to the Abbott Ranch, obviously to make an arrest, they are still going to have to make that lineup in court because there's, like I said, I don't know how they're they're going to handle all this. Any ideas? Yeah, I
1: don't know, but you could tell from this episode. Joy is feeling the pressure right. of making an arrest, and then trying to win that sheriff's job. Right. And then she's been having, you know, she had the weird incident at church. Her mm-hmm. spouse, her partner—I'm yeah, not uh, sure where you she is. About that they're, as well. they're, they're they're having, you know, it's bringing pressure to her. So you could tell that she's feeling that like she's got to make an arrest to, you know, to to really win her some favor right. in, the, in this county.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what, you know, it's one of the issues that she has. She is obviously in a lesbian relationship with a younger woman. Uh, they have a daughter together, and look, they're in Wyoming, but it's a very small town. You can tell that there's, you know, it's very much a church-centered town. It's very small. It's not always going to probably be the most open in terms of LGBTQT LGBT relationships. Uh, so that's going to be an issue for her when it comes to the election and it comes to a boil between uh, that. Do they ever tell her, tell us her, her wife or girlfriend or whatever his name?
1: I don't remember. Hearing I don't,
0: it. I don't remember hearing it either, but it comes to a boil after the, after because the, they go to church and basically they get, they get kind of reamed out by one of the the church and it embarrasses her, her her significant other. I'll just call it that just because I don't know if it's a wife yeah. or a spouse, uh, wife or a girlfriend. And when they get back, she's like, you know, the joy tells her tells her she says, you know, I you know I need to be connected to the community so I can win this this election. She says, well, if it means embarrassing your family, I don't know that this is something I really want to, to support. So there's some pressure there. It's, it's everybody's got a lot of stuff going on in the show.
1: Yeah, there is. It's it's bowling over into the finale. Yay for us!
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and talk about Royal because we haven't really talked much about Royal, but we we continue to see him kind of spiraling in these two episodes. It started as soon as as soon as Trevor's dead body was brought to his property in the back of the truck, uh, but obviously. He is trying to figure out what's going on in his land. He's trying to figure out what's going on with his void. He takes the rock that he won from Autumn in the poker game, and he takes it to this company. But once he gets there, he realizes that this company that he's taking it to is the same company that he saw in his vision, which is BY9, and that kind of gives him a lot of – that basically makes him pause in terms of actually trusting these people.
1: Yeah, and that was from the card that he stole from Wayne's house.
0: Yes, when he was went to go talk to him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was that was a really good scene because you could see like Josh Brolin figuring out like, oh, I don't need to be here.
0: Right, and we also find out that he. he he is not a 21st century man, so no. it, to find information, he goes to the library, and he has to have somebody else look up information on on 9 He has no cell phone because he's using a payphone. It's like, oh my gosh, we have a payphone sighting in a in a 2022 uh, <laughs> television uh, series.
1: I, th- I thought the same thing. So, what was he doing? Like, he kept calling just for regular information. What, what was he trying to figure I out? I
0: think he was just trying to find somebody to talk to uh, about what. If, I guess I don't know. Just try to find somebody to talk to you about what they why they were looking into, why they were talking to Wayne. Uh, I don't know. I can't figure out what exactly he was hoping to find out. But they, obviously he wanted to find out something. So,
1: and of course they didn't show us what he found out.
0: Right, they did not. So uh, then we get he takes the rock back. That's when he smashes it. And you've already alluded to this. We get this weird scene where he sees a vision of the future again. He is obviously dead. Cecilia is holding him and a big departure from what the first interaction we got with Cecilia and Autumn Autumn seems to be there comforting her or something along those lines and like I said the first interaction was not a pleasant reaction interaction between the two of them and in this future interaction whenever it may take place there is a definitely definite peace between the two so very odd very weird but in this one Autumn actually talks to Royal in the vision
1: yeah that was that was something yeah um, it was yeah, and, and also, uh, you know, getting back to everyone in that family, is, is he just, the last, you know, 30 years been known just to disappear at times? I guess. <laughs> everyone's
0: because everyone's like, they're <laughs> of,
1: yeah, they're all like, ah, you know, he's well, doing his thing.
0: When you have uh, thousands, upon acre, thousands upon thousands of acres of of, of property, I guess maybe that, that might be something. Yeah, that that's true. Expect, that's so. true. Because yeah. I know his west pasture, they said, is like 1,200 acres. So I, I would imagine he's probably got about, Three to four thousand acres total, so uh, that's a lot of room to explore and just kind of get lost in. So my guess is that that may actually not be something that, that it may be something he does quite a bit. So, uh, but yeah, that vision was just so weird because, like I said, when she actually starts talking to him, like, okay, what is going on here? Because, and it's just so hard to figure. Like I said, this one really, really leaned into the weird.
1: Yes, it did. It, well, you know, Josh Brolin had uh, warned us. Uh, on his Instagram that this one uh, was a mind uh, bad word. <laughs> he, he he delivered.
0: Yeah, he did. He, if, uh, if you don't know what he's talking about, what Ryan's talking about on his Instagram, I guess it was on Friday. Uh, he put out an Instagram post talking about how this was just going to be this mind blowing episode and it would lead into episode seven and eight, which would just be even more mind blowing. So, uh, and it has been so, uh, but what's interesting about this performance by Royal, because once we, he meets back up with autumn at the void at night, he, you know, he completely scares the bejesus out of autumn uh, when he's supposedly taking her back to her campground. Uh, Just absolutely scares her. She jumps off, enters her, and just is in her face, screaming, yelling. This is not a Josh Brolin performance. I'm used to, Josh Brolin only plays this really cool, calm, collected person. I mean, even uh, as Thanos, when he was playing Thanos in Infinity War and Endgame, even though he killed half the population of the universe, he was always very calm in what he was doing. He always, you know, very purpose driven when what he, what he was trying to accomplish, and he never really got too very emotional. But in this one, he's getting incredibly emotional.
1: Yeah, he is. Uh, I would say uh, the Sicario movies, he does a oh, little bit. Okay. Yeah, but but nothing to this to this degree. And I have to say, when he was riding her around, just looking crazy. Mm-hmm. I was just I did, I just thought to myself, man, I freaking love Josh Brolin. <laughs>
0: yeah, he, he like I said, he's he is doing something that we're not just completely accustomed to, and he, just the way he can flip, like because at the mm-hmm. end of this at the end of this this episode, when Brett and Perry are going at each other, you're not really sure if they're going to end up one of them's going to end up killing each other. When Perry reveals that he went to the sheriff to protect Royal because he had that conversation with Autumn. Roland loses his mind. I mean, he's like, I told you not to st- stay away from yeah. him. Uh, and just ends up, like, slamming him against, like, a china cabinet or something. i not exactly sure what it was. But slams him against him. Like, okay, now are you going to kill Perry? <laughs> I'm like, what? And, like, it completely scares Amy. Uh, she's freaked out. And when she wa- runs out there, the, you know, the cops are coming. Uh, so, Roland is just, like I said, he is finding a different level that what we have seen in the, in previous things from him.
1: Well, i got to say, Brolin, in general, looks like a guy that, you know, even though he looks nice, and his Instagram is hilarious. He is one of the best Instagram followers, because you never know what he's going to post, and he's (laughs) he's really funny, too. But, like, and it sounds like he's had some history of uh, being violent. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, he was on Dax Shepherd's podcast. A really great interview last week, mm. uh, and in fact, I'm going to bring up some of the stuff he mentioned about this show on here in a little bit. But you know, he kind of looks like a guy that might snap at any second, and uh, he—that's he, why he's—he's he's, he's a wild card, man. You don't yeah, know what you're going to get. <laughs>
0: uh, the only other thing I, I was going to mention is we did have one buffalo sign in these episodes, and that was with Frank, the county. No.
1: Carl. Rest in peace, yeah. Carl. And the Fritos were on the all, all the ground at the uh, car.
0: Yeah, so, like I said, that, it seems like the only thing that the Buffalo was doing in this is to show up was to kill Carl the assessor. I'm like, i he,
1: uh, He's protecting uh, Royal.
0: Yeah, he seems to be. I mean, that seems to be what he, he does. But, like I said, in. Episodes three and four, he shows up with Autumn, and Autumn just pulls out one of the arrows. Like I said, I still don't get what the Buffalo is doing in this in the show. There's so much that we still don't understand. Um, I'll be interested if they explain all of it. I I don't know if there's supposed to be a season two of this. I have no idea.
1: I haven't seen anything yet. I haven't either. It really feels like it could go a, a while longer.
0: They probably could. I, I, I could yeah. see that being the case, but we'll just have to, guess, have to kind of wait and see. So, All right, what else do you want to talk about? Because, that's, like I said, those are the main plot points that I, I kind of came up with.
1: Well, I was going to mention, Brolin on the Stack Shepherd podcast, he mentioned that uh, when he was brought into the show, he told them he was very concerned about the last couple episodes. Oh, was he? Because, he's, because he said... He's like, I watch shows like this. He said it usually starts out very strong, mm-hmm. and then it starts tapering off, and the ending is kind of just blah. Mm-hmm. And he's he was he said, I want to make sure we don't do that. And I can't remember what the guy's name is. But they brought in another director for the last two, and Brolin mentioned specifically he was extremely pleased with them, and he thinks they pull it off.
0: Well, good. Uh, that's kind of reassuring that he would say that. So hopefully they did. But uh, uh, anything else besides that you want to mention? Like, uh, I think you it know. I different.
1: just yeah, we did. I just hope we haven't seen the last of Wayne.
0: Yeah, uh, I love Wayne. He's, he, I mean, he's still technically alive. I just don't know. I don't know where they're going with Wayne.
1: Yeah, I don't either. Uh, but there's there's got to be more there. But I, I, I hope we haven't seen hope we haven't seen him. And we, we have, still haven't seen we have still haven't seen the Billy Silly Goose scene.
0: No, we haven't. I was thinking about that the other day too when I was watching. It's like we still haven't gotten that scene where Billy calls uh, Royal a Silly Goose. I, I like that. I guess <laughs> that's going to in episode seven and eight. So I like and that's he is just so odd and I I don't know yeah. I don't know why they've gone this road to make him so odd. It obviously has a purpose. It's going to probably eventually play out for something. But like I said, it's just weird to take, to make this cowboy this odd. I mean, like, and we didn't even talk about the, the scene between Billy and Wayne that was supposedly happened in, the, the past where they were kind of oh, yeah. reliving that, uh, you know, that weird conversation where Wayne says he has this vision about like all the animals that he's killed coming back to try to to kill him for vengeance. And Billy says, well, is that what you want us to do if somebody killed you is to get, get vengeance? He's like, absolutely. So, I mean, just, yeah, the two of them are just so weird. I guess that's the reason why they get along so well
1: yeah I was gonna say I think that's I think that's what the why they made Billy so weird because he's more similar to Wayne and then we come to find out he absolutely is Wayne's favorite yeah. but you know the mom did say send Billy over to the to the Abbotts for some reason he can figure out stuff involving right. you know the weird and she was right
0: yeah she was right she was hundred percent right so All right. Uh, But
1: but be careful what you wish for, Patricia. You may have some weird daughter in law coming
0: up. Well, that's true. She (laughs) could as well, so who knows. Uh, All right, so uh, let's talk about some. Do we want to do our weekly awards? Let's do it. All right. Uh, Our first weekly award, we have three. Uh, The first one is the Tyrion Lannister, the MVP of the week. So who is your Tyrion Lannister for episodes five and six?
1: So, as I mentioned before, I, I. Thought Lily Taylor and Tom Pelfrey were going to take it mm. uh, because they own the the fifth episode, right. and then really we're still doing incredible work in in the sixth episode. But, man, you mentioned it. There was something about Imogen Poots mm-hmm. that, like, she she was really strong in the fifth episode, but, man, she went next level in, yeah. in, in six. So I, I'm giving it to her.
0: Yeah, I went with her as well. That's one of the reasons why I mentioned her earlier is just she was, she, she is fine. Like, the first four episodes, she had this weird creepy vibe to her, but she was always this very very calming influence on screen. But in these episodes, as I guess she's lost this medication that she needs, that is going away. And she has, she is starting to be a little bit more volatile. She's starting to kind of rely on those instincts, uh, those just, you know, rage instincts that she kind of has. She's extremely upset with, with Royal, obviously, because he just, she just left, he just left her there to die.
1: Well, and since he took the necklace. And that he took the necklace.
0: Also, mm-hmm. Because that she has not
1: recovered from that.
0: Right. And she, they never say that she knew that he cheated, but I kind of felt like she did, if that makes any sense. Uh, no, I can see that. So, but like I said, they never say that she knew that he cheated, but I, I feel like she, she kind of was suspicious of him for that. But like I said, just a, she was just really impressive in, on screen this week, and a lot of really impressive performances this week. and I, I just thought that she, yeah. hers was the top. All right, the Agatha all along. What was your best scene for these two episodes?
1: Uh, To me, it was, and they keep doing this, the final scene, the Perry confession. Uh, When Perry and Rhett start going at it, and just the way they look at each other and start screaming, and then Rhett brings up, you know, you're the reason Rebecca is dead. I mean, my goodness, you got poor little Amy running around trying to figure out... uh, Right. Uh, royal doesn't know what to do one i'm like why did you let the like he he got between them and then he left to get amy out of the way i was like that's a silly do that you need to get <laughs> between them boys I yeah, kill someone. exactly
0: uh i ended up going with the scene between the confrontation between Autumn and royal just because that was so intense uh and i was it, able that to was point.
1: almost the one i went yeah. with
0: the only reason i didn't get to the one at the end i had a hard time following that at times because it was so chaotic so that's the yeah. reason I went with that one because I thought the one between Autumn and Royal where he leaves her for dead, basically. I, it was so intense, I was able to follow it a little bit easier than than the last one. But there were a lot of really good scenes in this one in, in general, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and there was something also, you know, we, we've we had this rumor that Autumn potentially could be Amy. Right. You know, could goes to the void. But there was something eerie about when Amy at the end of the last scene when she walked outside blood mm-hmm. she looks up at the sky and then you see the cops coming right that that was that was some eerie vibes yeah. they also they played a lot of Eerie, weird country music and old music doing this. They did a very good job of that as well.
0: Yeah, I noticed, I noticed that as well. So, well, I'll, like I said, they're, they're doing something that I can't quite figure out, but they're doing something. All right. the If you come to the King, you best not miss the best line of the week. So, what was your best line of these two episodes?
1: I went with. Autumn to Billy, I want to show you something because I, like I mentioned, when when that happened, I was like, "Dear God, these two are about to get together," and I can't wait to see whatever's about to happen.
0: (laughs) Right, and there was weird stuff that definitely happened after that line was uttered to Billy. So, Uh, I went with the one towards the beginning of episode five where Autumn was talking to Cecilia. She says, "It's hard to really know someone, isn't it? No matter how long you've known them, it's hard enough to know yourself." Uh, You know, I. That obviously means something, and I really want to know what it means. Uh, Obviously, it means that she doesn't really know royal like Cecilia thinks she does. I think that's the Mm -hmm. the obvious connotation, but I think there's probably more to it than what she was letting on. So, uh, that was my best line of the week. All right. Uh, The rating. We both have had this going so far at a loss, and our system works like this. It is at the top of our list is a Game of Thrones. If you're at a Game of Thrones, you are one of the best of the best. If you are just below a Game of Thrones, you're a Lost. Right below Lost in the middle of the road is Friends. Below that is Full House. And at the very bottom would be a Baywatch, which means watch it only if you're desperate. So, are you keeping this at Lost? Or are you moving it up or down? Uh,
1: uh, at this very moment, I'm going to keep it at Lost. But I will be... Shocked if I don't change to Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, go ahead. I thought you. Were...
1: I, I just, I just feel like we're already there, but I am concerned about them not finishing the job. Right. But I will say this: we've we talked about this last episode. They're not giving us everything, but I still feel pretty satisfied. You know, right. f- with the, with with what they're the nibbles they're giving us. Right. You know, because uh, that was one of the issues with Lost that we talked about. There was so much weird stuff. You know, it's, there were periods in the Yellow Jacket. We felt that the Yellow Jackets we felt that way too. But for some reason, on this, and I, and I think maybe because the acting is so incredible, and 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 just like I don't know, they're giving us a little bit pieces that I feel good. But you know, I don't want to go to Game of Thrones yet because you know as Josh Brolin, even admitted, some of these shows have been known to tank the endings. Yeah.
0: I will say, I'm going ahead, and I think it found its Game of Thrones this week. But obviously, for it to stay there, it needs to, it needs to make sure it lands really well here at the end. Because, like I said, leaning into the weird, I think, is what this show really, really needed, and it did a lot of that this episode, these two episodes. I thought because they, they've they've kind of hinted at the weird. They've, they the, the first four episodes was more about the family and this one and the murder of Trevor and this, this these two episodes were as well, but really diving into, you know, the weird stuff between Autumn and Autumn just being her creepy weird self. I thought it really found this Game of Thrones. Now, it's like you said, it's, if it's going to stay there, it's got to finish strong in these last two episodes. Can it? Yeah, it absolutely can, but, a lot of these types of shows do struggle as Josh Brolin mentioned, as you have mentioned, they do struggle sometimes. So I'll be interested to see what they do to end this show. And I'll be interested to know if we get a second season for it. Like I said, I haven't, I haven't really Googled it to look, but if we get open threads, we better get a second season.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. And I will say this. It's interesting that I'm watching this and Moon Knight at the same time. Yeah. Cause Moon Knight is a mystery show as well. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I watch Moon Knight, I, I have this, like, all right, what is this about to be? Right, you know. But I'm always like, I'm a little anxious, and I'm like, is it, are they going to pull this off? Like, there's mm-hmm. a hesitation. With this, I'm excited. I'm right. like, all right, let's get in here. Let's see, <laughs> you know. And I've been, and I've been recommending this show. I have not been recommending right. Moonlight to people. Who have asked me, what are you watching? What do you, what do you like? So, you know, I, that's why I think I think there's a good chance this is going to be Game of Thrones for me ne- for next week.
0: And we'll see when it wraps up next week so we will definitely be discussing it after it wraps up so all right uh recommendations for the week in our first podcast of the week we always do recommendations what recommendations do you have
1: so i was out of town thursday through sunday so i actually went on a guys trip with my buddies from elementary school high school and which i would always recommend go out have fun with your friends we didn't make it to a cowboy death band (laughs) party which I guess is a little disappointing if you think about it, but (laughs) but it was a great time. But I listened to a podcast that I would highly recommend, the Fly on the Wall podcast, hosted by David Spade and Dana Carvey. Okay, where they where they bring back people that were involved with Siren Live and ask them about their experience on the show and like you know how they got there and what happened afterwards. And they've had some incredible guests so far. We've had. Uh, Conan O'Brien we've had Chris Rock Bill Hader was on a couple weeks ago uh, Mike Myers right. uh, Chris Rock was on right before the Oscar so that was interesting uh, and then we've had um, people that have hosted the show like several times like Tom Hanks Rob Lowe Drew Barrymore so it's it's, it's, it's a really fun show and you will laugh Drew Carey, I mean, excuse me, Dana Carvey is still hilarious, and right. David Spade, and they make fun of each other <laughs> quite a bit during the show, so that, that's always fun. And there's there are uh, always great stories about John Lovitz, Norm MacDonald, and Chris Farley, they come up, and Adam Saylor, okay. those four, everyone has a story about one of those guys <laughs> being funny and weird, so that's, right. that's always good. So, Fly on the Wall podcast, I think it comes out on Wednesdays, but definitely worth listening to.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, I have two. Uh, one is actually a podcast as well. Since Nate from Charleston uh, ended up giving us a review, and he mentioned Hear a Movie Podcast, so I'd go ahead and recommend it. It is my favorite podcast that I listen to. Uh, they do, they've do. they been doing this for eight or nine years. They've got a little over 400 episodes. If you like comic book-related material, if you like comic book-related movies or television shows, they have a spectacular podcast. It's three different guys, and they've been doing this, like I said, for, for a while now. And it's just an absolute fun to listen to. And, uh, you know, when you are doing, when you have such a specific theme, like hero uh, comic book related material, they end up watching a lot of stuff. They watch a lot of good stuff, but they also watch a lot of bad stuff. And they just kind of, my favorite episodes might be the ones where they just kind of rip into like the crap that they watch. Uh, So uh, like I said, if you you like comic book related material, they've got well over 400 episodes uh, for you to choose from. And you can, if, it has been a comic book property. They have probably reviewed it, so uh, I would recommend their podcast to you uh, uh, in addition to what we talk about when we talk about those type of things. And what did, what
1: did you say it was called? Hero
0: Movie Podcast. Oh, Hero Movie Podcast. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. It, they, Checking they call it out it, now. Yeah,
0: yeah they, call it, it, they just call it HMP. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's called Hero Movie Podcast. Like I said, it is my favorite personal podcast to listen to. Uh, they also have some additional, like, spinoff uh, podcasts, like when they – like for instance, right now they have one dedicated to all the Marvel shows. So whenever they do, a, whenever there's a Marvel show, they do uh, a thir- what's called a thirty questions podcast where you send in questions and they send, answer. They they ask their own questions, but you can send in questions. I normally send in uh, a few questions every week uh, for for those. They've done that for Boba Fett and Mandalorian. So they, they've done a lot of those types of shows as well. So there's a lot of other ones that they have as well. So like these big shows that ha- that they cover weekly, that they have a separate podcast for. So.
1: Oh, cool. It looks like they've gone back and watched some old movies, too. So. Yes, they have. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to check this out.
0: Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I love their podcast. I didn't find them until uh, I found them trying to find some podcasts on Loki, and that's how I ended up coming across their Marvel 30 Questions podcast, and then I ended up listening to what their main podcast is. So, uh, like I said, good stuff from them. Uh, let's see. My other one is actually something we're going to be covering in a couple of weeks. We opened up... Our, we opened up the show to our patrons and we gave them an option between Watchmen and Mayor of Easttown. They have chosen Watchmen, so we will end up watching it. We're probably going to come back into Mayor of Easttown as well because we got a little bit of a dry spell in the middle of May. But we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that later on. But go ahead and start watching Watchmen because in two weeks we will be covering it on the podcast. Uh, it is a really, really good show. I think it came out at either the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020. I don't remember exactly when, but, and we'll talk more about it later on, but it is just an absolutely phenomenal show. It came out 2019.
1: Okay, 2019.
0: I can't remember exactly when it was, but just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I will probably tweet out a link for you to possibly read just because they, they do a really good job of explaining everything you need to know as you go along, but it wouldn't hurt to kind of have a little background information going into it. Uh, so I'll tweet that out. So follow us on Twitter. Justin M Strawn is my tag. Ryan's is Ryan Nell 76. Uh, so follow along on those and also follow the, the show's podcast, which is the M a underscore podcast. So, uh, to be on the lookout for that. And like I said, go ahead and start watching Watchmen. If you don't read this article that I'll tweet out, you'll still be fine. You'll still be able to watch the show, but it just helps a little bit there at the beginning. So
1: I didn't realize Gene Smart was in Watchmen.
0: Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. She, she she plays oh, one of the roles.
1: That woman does everything she, and kills for, it and for, everything. Especially
0: for HBO. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she does a whole lot for HBO. So. Well, she was in Legion as well. Mm-hmm. She was. Yeah, she was in a whole lot of stuff. She's she's done. She has really made the most of her of her later career in life. So yeah, so good for her, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: All right. Uh, anything else you want to add before? Oh, uh, next episode we are going back to Moon Knight. If you're wondering why we're doing Moon Knight, we didn't do Moon Knight first. It's simply because of the fact that we want to get the Outer Range podcast out there. It is. Look, I'm not going to say it's doing like thousands upon thousands of listens for us but we we're doing pretty good with that we we're, we are getting hundreds of listens yeah so we, we may get there uh so we want to go ahead and get the the out range one out there to the people uh, i will upload the when, once we get done recording it i'll upload the, the moon night podcast probably tuesday morning and we also have the special coming out this week so if you're a huge star wars fan you'll definitely want to check out our may the fourth uh, star wars draft special that will probably come out wednesday morning so uh so just some things to look forward to later on this week so anything else you want to add Ryan, before we hit off
1: Just want to tell everybody we appreciate them joining us,
0: and we'll talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.